Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we're going to recap Fight to Win 143. We're going to re- recap the Jits King Middleweights. We're going to preview Submission Underground 14, 15, uh, Who's Going to Fight Craig Jones, and the Third Coast Grappling Kumite 2. As always on the show, I'm your host, Maine. Don't my co-host. Emil. How you doing, Emil? Doing great, man. I can't believe we're looking at another weekend with like three like premier promotions next we're back. week. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, like, the it's numbers are higher in Texas than Florida, but... <laughs> we're, we're back, so there's just to cover. Um, I don't have a ton of news. Like, there's a bunch of cool bracket announcements. There's not honestly been a whole lot else happening uh, this week for news, which for once I'm kind of happy about. Yeah. I'm just like, there's not a ton of like, uh, Dorino's probably going to fight Woodley now, which is the biggest news. I saw that, yeah. And we were going back and forth in the chat, and everyone's like, that's eh, a tough well, fight for Dorino. Not Woodley. Uh, Sorry, Usman. Usman. Usman, yeah, yeah, yeah Kamara yeah, yeah. Usman. Um, I mean, that's a super quick turnaround for him. I was about to say, yeah, because like, it's like first week in July, or second, like it's July 11th, I think, or something uh, like that. Like 13th or 11th. Like, it's, yeah. It's like, it was like a month away. Yeah. Or like, or like five weeks away. And I was like, you just went five rounds with. Tyron Woodley, and the number one contender, who is the former world champion, whose last fight was he lost his title, right? And then you're immediately going to fight back because Masvidal was like, "I want actually good paying money. I'm not going to fight him." Right. And then Dorino was like, "I'll fight him for like four dollars." Yeah. And the UFC was like, <laughs> "Great. What's up, Dorino? You're my yeah. boy. I love Dorino. Yeah, Dorino's great. So it's like it gives us a chance to cover Dorino more. Not really. Like we we cover the we cover like." jiu-jitsu guys in mma and so we've been watching Dorino because Dorino's literally until i think probably like four months ago was like active on jiu-jitsu competitions like back I and think, forth yeah basically right up until before the woodley fight uh well right up until quarantine but yeah like yeah. i i remember us covering him a bunch in like back to back like, like weekends and stuff. Yeah. And he pulled out of something and he was on the next one. Like there was like I think there was like three weeks in a row where we had him on like something every week. And it's like to maintain that level of activity in professional jujitsu and then be climbing at the rankings in the UFC and then taking a world title fight at the, in welterweight. Yeah. Not w- like some bad the- division, but like versus <laughs> Usman on five weeks' notice. He's like, I'll fight him for four dollars. You're like I love you, Dorino. I know. Like I hope I hope he does it. Like it's a that's a tough fight. And they're from the same camp. Yeah, that should be like really interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah, they're both under Henry Hooft. I watched a bunch of videos with him and Hooft and Tyron Spong. Uh, I've, I'm getting, dude, I'm getting a new Dorino storyline. Like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a fan of like where this is going. Yeah, so uh, we saw him against fucking Craig Jones at Sug Ten. Yep. Uh, we saw him against Tommy Langacker and Polaris Twelve. Yep. Uh, Marcelo Azevedo at Third Coast, DJ Jackson at Black Belt CBD. Yeah. Like, and he won Black Belt CBD. Like, that's just fucking. I forgot about that. Yeah, dude. Wasn't that like 20 grand? It was a lot. It was a lot of money. Yep. So, I mean, like, the dude's been fucking active, like. For in in jujitsu, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So that's why that's why we're taking on it. We usually again, we don't usually cover MMA, but like Dorino's my boy, man. I love Dorino. Yeah, exactly. I cannot wait. To, I hope he. I hope he wins the title. That would be. That would be crazy to have a guy like in both. Yeah. Well, I. I have a feeling we won't be seeing Pro- much of him if he gets the not. title. But probably not. But we we'll see yeah. Benson Henderson come back. Then he's now like not a title holder anymore. You know. Yeah. Dorino's a guy I can see coming back. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like Lovato. Like yeah. Lovato's on MMA now because yeah. of brain items, and we're going to cover him. We're going to preview him on a matchup this week. Oh, versus Hulk. Yeah. 
Hulk. So I saw a, a headline about him talking about how he wants to test himself with Hulk, but like they, they've actually set that up. I think that's this weekend. I think that's this next weekend is Lovato versus Hulk. Holy shit. What's up, Emil? Coming in with the news God that I didn't damn. write down, but I was going to talk about later in segments, so I hey, didn't preview with you beforehand. fuck it, man. Jesus, that's yeah. fucking awesome. He was talking about earlier this week, there was an announcement that he was going to go. Is that a fight to win yeah. uh, 144? Yeah, he's going to defend the light heavyweight title, I think in the Gi, damn. which is, which is uh, crazy. Because, and this is what I talked about last week, where if Lovato can come back and like be and contend with... Dude, does he make another no, run? No, you don't think he does. If he if he does, I don't see it being successful. Hey, that's literally my only piece of news that I had was Lovato versus Hulk, and then I realized it was this week we're gonna preview it anyway. Right, dude, I'm so excited for preview that later in the show. Yep, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, so, so uh, that's all I got for news. You have any other news? That's we're talking really about matchups. Uh, the Sug bracket is out. Thank you, Sug, for releasing that bracket on Monday before the show. So it was one of those like Tuesday morning releases. It's like cool. I've We've already recorded the show, and I can't talk about this bracket now. Um, please, promotions, please release your brackets on Saturday night, Sunday night, or Monday morning. That would be awesome. Give us time to cover it. Thank you very much. It's been I love covering brackets, so it's been awesome to get the brackets beforehand. Right. Um, I got nothing else. You got anything else? Uh, no, that's it, man. All right, let's move to the recap section. You want to start with... Middleweights for Jits King, or do you want to start with Fight to Win 143? Let's do the Middleweights Jits King, because that, that's just... That was such a fucking stacked bracket. Dude. And uh, we saw a lot of amazing jujitsu. So why don't we start off with the tournament itself? Yeah. Um, how do you want to do it? Why don't we... So we've, we've done this a lot of different ways in the past. I think with all brackets, it's really hard to go through every single match. I'm 16-man. So let's pick up some select... Let's talk about results. Let's pick some select matches to talk about and kind of as stopping points. Sure. And then just kind of run through it. Okay. So uh, round of 16. Round Where do you want to start? Just start, start, get on the list. All right. Uh, so we have Jason Rao defeating JB Betchloff by heel hook. Called it. Oh, by the way, I March Madness the shit out of this bracket. Mm-hmm. I did pretty well. Um, I was watching it live, yelling at my phone because I was very happy that I know Jiu-Jitsu well enough to actually pick these things. And my cousin told me, he goes, yo, if you're so good at this, why don't you bet on this? I was like, it's Jiu-Jitsu. There's, really there's, not, a, there's, there's no betting. not a whole lot of betting. Like Polaris does bad. He talk, went through the whole like scheme of like what organizations do betting. He goes, go to Atlantic City. Start betting on this, and I we may need to make a trip in the next like year. My meal. There we go. So next up, we have Pedro Mourinho defeating David Garmo by guillotine. Dude, Pedro has uh, a sick ass guillotine. Jesus Christ! Not just a sick ass guillotine, a fucking guillotine system, right? So we I saw. Lo- him- I love this matchup because Pedro does so many little things with how he manipulates the front headlock and like how he kicks at the feet. So you know. It's very clear from the beginning what Pedro is going for here because he starts spamming the guillotine and he's early on switches from a traditional like Marcelatine into an Armin guillotine mm-hmm. and both of them look really tight. Like, I mean, like David has to flop around a lot to extricate himself from those and eventually David uh, gets caught and gets submitted by guillotine here. What he does is he telegraphs uh, a no-level change single leg. Like, he basically leans forward, yeah. and Mourinho snaps his and neck up. I thought it was really interesting here because you saw that Mourinho kind of always had the front headlock available because he was taller than uh, Garma. Garma had that really heavy on the front leg stance, and Mourinho stood a little taller up, so he always had the shoulder height above Garma's head, and he could keep, like him in the distance that he needed to keep trying for the guillotine over and over and over again it was just like so you have to watch this highlight because 
this finishing sequence is so dope. Um, Mourinho gets the like front headlock slash like guillotine, and David has to scramble. And he's able to pop his head up. There's, there's a full there's a full sequence before this, not the finish sequence, the one before this, where like Garmo is in deep in a guillotine. And I was like, he is gonna get got. And Garmo, to his credit, man, is tough as shit. We've seen it Garmo be tough as shit in Quintet and like Parabellum. Like, dude's tough. And like Finagos his way out of a guillotine. I thought he was done for in. But So here's let's go back to the finishing sequence here. What's wild is so this again, David shoots a single, gets his head caught in a guillotine pops his head out and uh Mourinho switches to the other arm guillotine which is like you just have to watch the sequence because it is it's so fucking slick so Mourinho's basically in like in top uh half guard basically but he has that far arm guillotine in and he just starts cranking the head and I was like damn that like He's generating a lot of force. Like you can see David's head doing that awful twisting motion where you know it's really deep. And then I realized it was a fucking single arm guillotine. Yeah. Like I this was like, he's doing that with a single arm that I love to set up. And then he does the thing I love the most is with the single arm guillotine, he passes over to mount to finish it. Yeah. And this is the exact transition that I absolutely love because the way you have the control if you lift them up high enough you have their shoulders up and so they can't switch their hips out of the way so you know where their hips are going to be it's also really hard to like basket the leg as someone steps over so you lift them up like this with one arm you can actually post out kind of like rock hold uh finish bisbing with it's different position sort of but the fundamentals are the same and then you can step over into mount with it kind of like that kind of like exactly like what's up Emil with the screenshots yeah okay and then you step over with it and it's really hard to actually trap the leg so it's one of the few times that you can actually just step into mount pedro does it once you get in mount with that really tight one arm guillotine it's all over just a beautiful sequence and because this is something that I incorporate in my own game, it's really cool to see like a high-level guy implemented against another like competitive black belt. Yeah, so if you are into guillotines, watch this match because you're going to see at least three different variations of one mm-hmm. um, and, and, and chain too. together. Yeah, The way that he's he's front headlocking and he's kicking out the leg in order to get Garma to change level even lower so he can sink it in. Like the whole system, like you said, it's a whole system. The way that he does it was just like, it was really great to watch. And like, there's a method to everything that he's doing in where Garma's, he's forcing Garma to put his head. And yeah. it was just, just beautiful work, which is why Pedro uh, wins. Wins, yeah, exactly. He, he, he walks away with it. So William Tackett defeats Jay. J. Wilson, six to zero in overtime. Dude, Wilson is a lot tougher than I thought he was going to be. Hmm. Like, looked good. Tackett was on the back and like dictating where he was. But I again, I figured that Wilson would come in and get submitted because we've seen Wilson. Um, I don't think we've ever covered him, but he's like a he's a competitive purple belt uh, in the IBJJF scene. I think he took bronze at World at Nogi Worlds. Like, he's a very good. Uh, jiu-jitsu guy fights in Bellator like no slouch which is partially why he was so tough but Tackett was really dictating where he was in the match got on the back for big stretches of the match and like I was really impressed with both guys here yeah uh, next up we have Roberto Jimenez defeating Yuri Villafort via triangle uh, god damn dude in my uh, notes it goes in triangle in like 20 seconds yeah so it's less than a minute flying triangle attempt and Roberto is basically alternating between like um, like he inverts for what appears to be 
a arm bar. It was really then, similar to the way Gordon beat Kyle Bame. Like that same transition. Like that, you have the leg super high on the back of the shoulders, and Jimenez, because he's so long, just makes the adjustment and goes back to the triangle. Like really, really Gordon Ryan esque here. We saw him do it versus Bo Nickel, and we saw him do it versus Kyle Bame. Like that setup, we're starting to see a ton more. I just I, like Jimenez is so entertaining. Like he's constantly going for the finish. I you think know? he probably got money like extra money for fastest sub i think just king does pay out for fastest sub uh yeah i i'm not sure i read through their rules and their website and actually you know this is a weird place to pause but i I wanted to talk about this before we started but their rules are actually interesting because they have uh a period of rules basically yeah a period of time where there's no points and then points are allowed and then you know if it's tied you go into overtime and it's six minutes like i'm i'm actually uh, yeah let's talk about that maybe Yes, pause now and talk about it. I am a big fan of that. Yeah, like, me too. I like the style of action it created. You have guys like Rao that, or Antaza that wanted to pull, wanted to play from like play from the seeded position. It didn't disincentivize them to do so, but in the later rounds of the match, it forced them to wrestle up. And it like again, I really like the way that ADCC structures their rules. You get I feel like it rewards all styles of grappling with an emphasis with like a greater emphasis on position. Like if you want to give up position, you're totally able to do so and just hunt the legs or hunt for the submissions that you want. But if you are a position first grappler, it gives you an avenue to like do the in quotes here the good jujitsu, like right. the positional dominating top position, top control, back control. And I like this format. Yeah, you know, and the overtimes I think worked. Some of them were a little longer, you know, from a viewer perspective. But that's more so like the kind of grappler that you have on your event. Um, it was good. I was a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, next up we have, uh, BB Monstro defeating Johnny Tama two to nothing in overtime. Dude, Tama dealt with the size discrepancy well here. I was super, I was super impressed with his ability to kind of stop BB Monster's, um, passing attempts. And basically it goes into overtime and you can see that Tama has, is like definitely a little more tired because he's had to kind of stave off the passing attempts over and over and over again. And Monstro is tired as well. Um, but Monstro does my favorite one of my favorite takedowns he reaches out he taps on the head and tama kind of has a far leaning stance he taps on the head tama kind of brings his head like reacts a teeny bit and monster just comes in with this beautiful blast double like trails it and keeps keeps like grabbing it through and gets the takedown it's just like again wrestling is important and this will come up later in our coverage of this event we're i think we're really starting to see a shift in nogi meta that Guys are prioritizing like leg defense and wrestling. Yeah, like we have seen way more dynamism in the last like two years, like eighteen months, and than ever before in wrestling in jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have John Combs defeating Jake Watson by guillotine. Dude, another tight guillotine. I love that in kind of contrasting to Pedro's style, you see that John grabs a guillotine and then he's a smaller guy. Like, again, he's he's outsized by Watson a little bit here. Watson's a much longer dude. And Watson is doing a very similar defense that we saw earlier, but Combs actually follows with his body like a lot more quickly than Pedro will because he's like, his style of guillotine is a lot more like, it will follow you. I don't really how to put that into words. It's, it's just cool to see the two contrasting kind of styles of guillotine on display here. Again, looked really good. Uh, there's a lot of curse words in my notes because it's a guillotine match and I got I got really excited. I just love how Combs hangs off the neck here and like he maintains that grip on the chin no matter where you're going to go. He'll pass to north-south and then he'll continue to wrap you back up in the guillotine. It's like really great positional work with the neck. 
Next match. Uh, Benji Silva defeats Alan Sanchez uh-huh. via the referee's decision. Final match of the first round. We had Oliver Taza defeating Gabriel Castro by knee bar. This reminded me of the Herber Santos knee bar a little bit. That 50-50 knee bar that he hits a lot on guys. Um, again, the setup is different, but Taza's there. He maintains it. And then Castro goes to sort of turn, and Taza gets behind him with his legs and just finishes a really great knee bar really really great camera angle here for the knee bar too it's like directly so you can see the transition of taza's legs you know beautiful knee bar um and i think i called uh every round in the first round by the way for this one so i'm just saying like that's that's pretty good that's been pretty good march madness how often you get out of the first round completely and pick everyone Second round breaks down a little bit. But, I was you about know. to say, hey, hey. Uh, didn't you have Rao? Uh, Maybe going I had finals? Rao beating Mourinho. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, so um, quarterfinals, Pedro Mourinho defeats Jason Rao three to nothing. Yeah, uh, Pedro, dude, Pedro's active. Like he wins this one on activity, and then he at the end. He has a crazy good pass. Rao goes to invert for like a knee bar and Pedro just basically has like the case like a Tommy grip, but like a far, like he's just crushed in on almost like a leg drag and just like very slowly just pushes, pushes, pushes Rao's legs down and just like spins out to the side with this like super dope, like old school case like a Tommy grip kind of remind me of, uh, Lister and Barnett. Oh, yeah. A little yeah. bit. Like, not yeah. quite, not the same, but it reminded me of that style of just, like, sliding past the legs and getting there. He gets the points. He takes the win. But, dude, he pushed a pace this entire match. I was, Oh, like, the entire tournament, man. Yeah, I was re- I'm going to really... Again, I leave here, again, really impressed with, you know, all of what Mourinho can do. Yep. Uh, next round, we have uh, Roberto Jimenez defeating William Tackett 3 to nothing. This was an awesome match. Um, Tackett... Um, does a bunch of inversions for saddle attacks and Roberto's hip to it and does amazing roll throughs to threaten the back and like you can just see them going through these exchanges I think that's what Roberto was looking for like completely because he sat in some of these leg positions for uh much longer than I expected him to there were certain yeah there were certain positions where he was caught in a leg entanglement a dangerous leg entanglement and I don't think he was look honestly. I, it seemed like he his. I don't know if he had Plan Bs after that. You know, it it, it seemed like he was he waiting. was waiting to defend, right? Kind of, and it was it was kind of strange because we've seen again. We were super hot on Roberto. We're big fans of him. Yeah. It just seemed like he let Tackett get really deep on some stuff, and then wasn't S- taking the back, wasn't pulling out, wasn't doing so what we traditionally see. The seated. first the first couple times, like for for example, this like rolling. Um, exchange that they have um, Roberto does eventually land on top get head control and he's not able to completely sprawl out but like he's able to make Tackett look really uncomfortable and yeah. and establishes base to the mm-hmm. point where he's no longer in danger then this happens again and um, you know Tackett is persistent and is able to get into a Texas cloverleaf even for like a good amount of time. A good amount. Like I could, I didn't count, but it was the better part of a minute. Yeah. If not more to the point where there were like moments where, you know, it felt like Roberto was watching, like just passively I, watching. I didn't know if he was going to try to counter, but like he wasn't in those places. He wasn't doing a lot of what we traditionally see. I'm not sure if yeah. like he wasn't worried about it, but again, we know he will tap to leg locks. Like we see it in the following round here right. with Pedro. So it was just, I was, 
it, 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 this is a weird match, and I'm not sure weird. exactly what to take away from this match from both guys. Again, Williams' entries looked really good. Um, he kind of looked a little hesitant to like pull the trigger. It in did some look places. like he was he was also waiting and watching. Yeah. So there was there were weird moments where like Tackett's in has Roberto's leg tied up in a Texas cloverleaf, which Maine has talked about. I um, love that sub. A lot. I love that sub so much. And it's such a, it's such a dangerous uh, attack because there's so many options. Yeah. There. You have like three readily apparent options. You have like that calf crush on the opposite leg. Yeah. The you inside have the of heel, heel hook, hook, and you can spin it over and like a toe hold. Toe hold. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's, it's or you can even you can spin it to the other side and have the heel hook on the other side too. Like there's just so many places it can yeah. go, and it's a really tough spot to be in. And Jimenez sat there for a while and. I, there's not a whole lot of really great counters off there. And so that's why I was kind of like wondering what Tackett, again, this is probably, we're covering guys that are far better than us at right. actual jiu So there, there's probably like So there's something things, I'm not seeing yeah. here, obviously. So I'm going to back and actually watch this, actually, this particular section of this match again because I'm super curious. I actually probably will reach out to both guys and like pick their brain. Like, hey, what are you doing here? Like, what are you seeing? What was going through your head here? So that we can, you know, talk about it on the show. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting match. And I was, I was really surprised about kind of how the light exchange went. So Jimenez was able to eventually get out, and with 20 seconds left, uh, he launches into a ridiculous knee slice pass. Right off the reset, too. Yeah, like off of the plan, reset. Plans it, like, dude, That's he's a high-level competitor. Yep. He, and so is Tackett. Like, we've, again, we've, like, I love both these guys. Reset happens. Roberto just slides by immediately as the ref says Gets go. in north-south and, and gets the points. It's like 15 seconds left. Yeah. 15 or 13 i think the points were called at like 12 yeah like right towards the end of the match and a bit even even so yep. yeah good match definitely back one to go back and watch again considering these two guys are I don't, it's hard to call roberto a prospect anymore or like even tackett a prospect like well tackett's still a prospect but roberto is big big, big quotes there i mean Robert, you're a main card guy like are you really a prospect still? yeah no i mean like roberto has won big stuff yeah on the main stage at Black Belt. On the international tournament stage, yeah. Tackett is, you know, don't get me wrong, I think Tackett's a murderous is like brown belt. Fucking gigantic, but ADCC alternate. Yeah. Weighed in alternate for 2019. Like, yeah. both these dudes we're going to see a lot more of. So, uh, next up we have Valdir Arujo. That's BB Monstro defeating John Combs 4 to 2. Dude, wrestling is important. Mm-hmm. Like, we see a really great outside single from Combs that BB Monstro, like, I, forget, I gotta figure out what the name of the term for is. There's a, it's a wrestling reversal, um, and it's like that. It's that I call it like the fuck you headlock throw. It's where you reach over the guy and you just like you like reverse the pick halfway through. And every wrestler that listens to the show is gonna hate me for I have no idea what this is called. But it's it basically these guys trade takedowns, and Baby Monstro hits a great blast double and takes the match. Uh, you know, four to two on yep. takedowns. This is wrestling is super important in the nogi setting. Next up, we have Oliver Taza defeating Benji Silva via heel hook. On to the semifinals. Pedro Mourinho defeats Roberto Jimenez via heel hook. Quick match, too. Jesus, it's fast. Basically, Roberto gets a body lock takedown, and Pedro inverts and Granby rolls into the saddle position. And this is where Roberto like, kind of like rolls to his butt, and he has both of his hands on the mat for a little bit which is we will see like guys like gordon ryan do this when they try, try to do back like we saw this is what very similar to what we saw gordon do versus kyle kyle inverted for the leg try to go to the saddle gordon sat back up both hands up and then immediately started like pathing i think back. the difference was that gordon had cleared his knee line and yeah it's 
obvious that that had not occurred here. So it was, you know, it, it, it was just, it was very peculiar. Um, but it, it's a very quick tap. Dude, the sequence here is beautiful. So if you see the, uh, the highlight that flow posted on this, basically it's, it's Hernandez gets behind Pedro just slams down to the mat. And then Pedro is the first comment on the flow thread. He goes, uh, I ate that with my neck or something like that. And you watch the throw, like Pedro eats like 90% of the throw with like his face and neck. Yep. And it was like, Jesus, they didn't have the wherewithal to roll through and like snatch the heel hook. It's, it's a really beautiful sequence here. Yep. Go yep. back again. If you have Instagram, which you probably do, watch the highlight, watch the match. It's like, it's, dope. it's, it's such a cool sequence. Uh, next up, we have Oliver Taza defeating BB Monstro via ref's decision. Super tentative match back and forth. Both guys wanted to play their game and it was just, you know, yep. it's very tough. A lot of Taza inverting and getting to deep inside heel hook saddle positions. Um, and, and then chaining, you know, to like different leg attacks <laughs> And yeah, just BB Monster having to react to that, you know, and yep. that's more but or less never, how it went. There was no scoring positions, right? So it was like you go for those. It's kind, of, it's kind of that. It's kind of that leg locker meta from like 2016, where it's like you submit the guy or you lose the decision, right? And it's like it's tough. Yep. Uh, in the finals, we have Pedro Mourinho defeating Oliver Taza two to nothing. Uh, so there's three minutes of stand up, and then. Pedro hits a low blast double and it it, Beautiful. it was just like drive it was it lightning fast and um Taza to his credit like you know bounced up fairly quickly but it was just a hair too yep. late by the ref who awarded the points and I, I did honestly like the Jits King was awarding points like a little quick yeah like I appreciated that because I find that when yeah I got all the guys figure out points are coming a little quick they will take more risks. They will be more active. And it's like, you don't want to get scored on because you know the ref's not going to long count you for five. He's going to go one, two, three, and, and there's your points. And so yep. I find that like it's a little refing thing that I find makes tournaments and matches significantly more exciting. So again, I was a big fan. That they were like, they were quick on the points when, yep. when, when appropriate. Yeah. Um, and basically that, that's the deciding factor in it. You know? Yeah. Uh, wrestling is important. Yep. Like that's what we learned from Jits King. And ADCC, honestly, is like uh, wrestling is important. Again, they used a very similar ADCC format with their rule set. You know, it if you can score those two points, if you can dictate where the match happens on the feet, you know, those. We, I think the biggest scoring match was four to two, Combs versus BB Monstro, and that was a four. That was four to two match. Yep. Two take two takedowns from BB Monstro, one takedown from Combs. You know, these matches are won on guard passes and like and like little things. So. If you can dictate in the wrestling, you know, on the stand-up where stuff happens, you see it here with Mourinho. Like, yep. he wins five grand because, like, he has good jujitsu takedowns. Yeah. So it's awesome. Big fan of it. Um, we saw the younger Tackett as well on this card. Uh, both younger Tackets? Yeah. Um, so in the super fights, uh, we have uh, Caleb Tackett defeating Tristan Sains 5-2. to two. Close match. It was um, a good match. Sofia Delgado defeating uh, Alana... Delva two to nothing in overtime. Corbin Sains defeating Tony Torres by knee bar. Andrew Tackett defeating Kyle Matias by armbar. Uh, Rafael Cad- Cadena versus Orlando Castillo two to nothing in double overtime. And Cody Steele defeating Mauricio Gomez two to nothing in overtime. Dude against Steele looking good in this match. Tough tough match with Mauricio, but dictates looks good. Um, yeah, all the Texas guys came out for this one. 
good tournament, a lot of fun. The full thing's up on Flow Grappling. I think they're, they've gotten most of the individual videos up. I think there's like probably four that aren't up as the time of this recording. They should be up by the time uh, everything of the show comes out. So go back and watch it. There's a lot of like really fun matches. There's a couple of them that I'm going to go back and rewatch for like um, particular Technique. pieces. I, yeah. wa I want to see the Taz and Nibar again. Like that was such a cool sequence and I want to watch the uh, Tackett and Roberto kind of leg lock back back and forth just because it's, you know, there's I want to understand the meta of what was happening there a little better. Right. Great tournament. A lot of fun. Uh, you want to break a break? You want to move to the next segment immediately? Let's do it. All right. Let's move on to our recap of Fight to Win 143 that took place in Dallas, Texas. This one was headlined by Black Belt Victor Hugo defeating Felipe Andra via triangle and submission. That was submission night for the Black Belts. He becomes the super heavyweight champion for Fight to Win. Moving up the weight class. Huge, huge win. Um, of course, like, uh, and the commentators talked about it, Felipe Andro was the one who submitted Keenan for the first Dude, time. Dude, that Black is, Belt. that is, in the gi. It's the first time in the gi. In the gi, Because yeah. Gordon's done it twice in no gi, but right. literally, the only person ever to submit Keenan in the gi is that, Euro, that flash triangle at the Euros. Yep. And... Yeah, this God was damn, a. Hugo's good. This is so good. I mean, like the this is a short match too, and Victor has an awesome end sequence here. So even the, even the Omapata sweep was good. Yeah, like the way he sets it up from the bottom, he just knocks him over. Boom! He, and the commentator talked about that. Um, he does that in Nogi too. Like he just has a really great sequence of getting on top. And you talk about. I'm not going to cut you off. You talk about the ending sequence here. Yeah, I, no, I mean Victor's guard work is tremendous. But um, Victor's passing, and he goes for a very traditional-looking Toriando pass, and he has stepped around to the side, and at this point, um, uh, Felipe has is beginning to post out and roll in order to kind of Granby and regard, and Victor just snatches the near side arm and goes into a ridiculous flying armbar. Like, you heard him on the mat when he hit, just went, so slam. And I mean, I, like, I went, like, straight up Jesus. flying, like, completely yeah. off the mat. Um, this reminded me of the Hulk versus Jimenez armbar. It was that same thing where he just jumps over and just launches into it. And I think guys are starting to realize that the fight to win mats are pretty forgiving. And you can go for these big flying armbars and not mm -hmm. get knocked out. So, you know, there's moments where... Um, uh, Victor is like improvising an arm bar and then he just locks in a straight up and down triangle um, and, you know, makes the adjustment and boom, gets the tap. It yeah. was ridiculous. Uh, I love this this uh, chaining of the Toriando pass uh, into the the flying arm bar. Uh, we, we generally, you know, we're taught like, you know, do the Toriando pass and settle. But this was great because not only is... Are, are is grabbing that arm, you know, setting you up to launch into the um, submission. It's also preventing your opponent from turning. You know, that was I that was the real. We're going to start seeing more of this. I think right. this, this, isn't this what Davi Ramos hit um, Lepre with at ADCC. I cannot Years remember. Ago. I forget who. Like, whoever Davi like very similar. We're starting to see these jump over arm bars more frequently. Right. And I feel like because guys pose like it's just. This is a move I think we're going to see more and more of because we've seen a couple of them in the last, like, four months. Right. It's just something I think it's in the current meta with the way that guys Granby, with the way that guys post their hands up to stop the passing work. Exactly. I, I just feel like we're going to start – because, again, 
what we're seeing more now than anything is those jumping guard passes around the side. Yep. Like the off balance, like no one really, not no one, it's very rare to see someone sit and try to break the closed guard. Like most of the passing happens on the feet from range at Toriando distance, especially right. in the gi. You and do not want to be in someone's guard. In particularly when you're talking about Toriando passes and open guard passing, you know, when people are open guard regarding, they are relying on their hands to post out mm -hmm. and maintain distance. So why not use that as a liability, you know, and, and use that to your advantage. Yeah. Right. And that's what we're seeing here. So it's a dope, dope. Sequence. It's another thing. It's like, it's, it's not super high risk either. So it's like you fail it, cool, you come back up, you're probably still on top. Maybe they stand back on the feet and then probably somebody's going to pull because it's, you know, the modern game of just you. Again, super heavyweight, they may not pull again. But again, really interesting. I, I feel like this is going to be a turning point. We're going to see more and more of these as like a viable strategy to get around the guard. Yeah, definitely. And you can also pull the arm in too. It works for a bunch of different ways. I think even, yeah, exactly as you said, just pulling the arm, being able to prevent that roll to regard mm -hmm. is especially in the, in the gi it's you have that fabric and you pull them up and it's it it yeah. works for so many reasons um and i feel like guys are just going to get more and more confident with like having that and then it ends up in the triangle yep like it puts you in a good spot because andrew does a great job of defending this for a time like he does like the shoulder movement he gets out he pulls out but hugo has that has that arm grip Pulls him in, pulls him in, readjusts, and gets the triangle. So, again, it, combination, it works in combination. Yep. Really, really beautiful sequence. Um, yep. It's quick, too. A couple minutes. Yep. Uh, next up, we have uh, Natalie DeJesus defeating Anna Carolina Vieira via split decision. And she retains the fight to win welterweight title for the ladies in the gi. So, yeah. Um, I mean, like, uh, this was a pensive match. Um, you know, both players were, you know, Definitely felt like they were feeling each other out for a while. But in the end, uh, Natalie goes for a toehold um, with 35 seconds. That's the exact thing I have in my notes. It's like it was a more I straight was, ankle. I, yeah. I was like the commentators. I was kind of surprised that Anna Kalina pulled instead of like Natalie because for the same, same reason that they said. Like I figured that Anna Kalina is more confident in her passing game. Again, Natalie's a little bigger, but Natalie is known for her guard work. I figured that Natalie would pull and Anna Kalina would pass, but it was really interesting to see Anna work from the bottom here. But again, Natalie, it was very, very close. Lots of like very, um, like I want this grip. This is what I want to work with. You want this grip. And they kind of mirrored grips back and forth and exchanging of grips. Right. And then the toehold at the end is really like the biggest, definitely the most significant you know, action submission yeah. attempt. And Natalie, you see her face, she's selling it. I don't really think either of the toehold or the straight ankle at the end were close to I finishing. Agree. But again, you, you score on fight to win rule set where you have a, you have a submission attempt. And if that is the greatest thing that happens in the match, that's hey. how the match gets scored. Yep. No, the rule set. So she gets it done. Yep. Uh, next up, we have Elizabeth Clay defeating Kendall Rusing via split decision. That was fight of the night for the black belt. Uh, again, it's kind of funny because Elizabeth is a brown belt still, but she's like competes against black belt. She was the trials winner for ADCC um, at the plus 60 kilogram. Uh, I think, plus, yeah, plus 60 kilogram division, I think, for West Coast trials last year. Can't remember. Well, there's only one. Uh, right. So it had to be West one, Coast. Yeah. And I thought it was last year. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I can't remember. Um, I think also these women have fought each other before. I want to say at the 2017 West Coast Trials, um, they had a match against each other, and I thought that Kendall took that one. But I for, I think I watched it when I did the preview for Kendall versus Gabby Garcia. Um, 
which leads me to my next question. Now that Clay took this match, do you give her to Gabby Garcia? Not give her. To, do you do you match her up with Gabby Garcia? Because Gabby just defeated Kendall. Elizabeth is now on a multiple fight win streak on who's number one and on fight to win. You know, although she's a brown belt, she's a top level women's um, plus sixty nogi competitor. You know, it it theoretically is one of the matches to make yeah. at the division now. Yeah, uh, it's hard to say. This was a it's an amazing back and forth um, uh, match, but yeah, I don't know what is next. You know how yeah. how you because yeah, I mean, I'm, Gabby I'm, Garcia is a different animal. Yeah, like she she's the four time ADCC champion every year except 2015. Right. Like really really good. I'm curious to see how if. Garcia would allow Clay to enter into the legs as much as Clay likes to enter. Like, that's what we know Elizabeth Clay for is like her dynamic entries into the legs and the yeah, way her that she controls really and savvy uh, guard work too. Yeah. I mean that's that's hard to that's hard to implement against Gabby, right? Because Gabby will tend to just sort of like Gabby approaches it in a really interesting way though. She kind of like pressures you down and very slowly like collapses your frames just with like time. Like yeah. Gabby is happy to work for ten minutes to like get. She where has she an amazing gas tank. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think relying on, yeah, relying on that is is it's a dangerous proposition. So um, I'm kind of I'm kind of in- interested in the matchup now. Um, again, I'm not sure who else you really want to who else you would give Garcia and the Gi. I think Elizabeth now on a couple fight win streak looks good in the division. Took a you know a split decision yeah. victory over Kendall here, but shows dynamic entries into the legs. And I mean, like this this match was extremely exhilarating. There's a lot of stuff back and forth. Um, Kendall with a Darce and a steam lock, Elizabeth ending with toe hold, like switching legs, yeah. uh, ends in a double toe hold. Like, yeah, this match is phenomenal. Um, definitely fight at night. Um, but yeah, uh, next up we have, uh, Andre Gomez defeating Mike Anderson via armbar, Eric Raposo defeating Danilo Moreira by decision. Carlos Souza defeating Vinicius Cavallo Garcia via split decision. Diego Santana de Espirito Santo defeats Hugo Mayer Lima via toehold. Uh, Vinny Sainz defeats Esteban Martinez via decision. Alejandro Siqueira defeats uh, Jay Shellhammer via decision. On to the Brown Bar results. Dude, you've gotten so much better at the names. I remember back when we first, like, when you came on as the primary, like, second primary co-host, mm-hmm. it was rough. But now it's like, you you beat the shit out of me for the names. Kyle Short defeats Ben Krosky via heel hook. Uh, Jared Trotter defeats Albert Tapia via decision. It'll... Itala Lima Costa defeats uh, Lucas Norat via decision. And that was Friday night for the Brown Belts. Dustin Shellhammer defeats Noel Morgan via decision. Frank Suspedes defeats uh, Brian Alvarado via decision. Jennifer Rivera defeats Carla Shellhammer via armbar. And that was submission of the night for the Brown Belts. All the Shellhammers were on the card tonight. I was about to say, yeah. Yep. Uh, on the Purple Belts, Matt Cox defeats uh, Tarian Byers via decision. And it retains the middleweight Nogi title for the Purple Belts. Uh, David Weintraub defeats Jacob Scott via heel hook. Emily Fernandez defeats Brian Robertson via uh, split decision. And that was Friday night for the Purple Belts. Uh, Leticia Cardoza de Carvalho defeats uh, Catherine Arnold via decision. Anthony Robinson defeats Colby Caps via rear naked choke. Wesley Arnold defeats Adam Cruz via choke. And that was submission of the night for the Purple Belts. Kids and Teens, Michael Brennan defeats Michael Francis via decision. Friday night for the Kids and Teens. And Helena Crevar defeats Michelle Terralong via choke. And that was submission of the night for the Kids and Teens. Again, really great card. A lot of fun this weekend. Um, yeah, you got any other kind of closing thoughts on the card? I mean, I'm interested to see 
where we take some of these matchups now. Again, Andrew, Hugo, Natalie, Anna, Elizabeth, Kendall. Like, there's, they're all like we see them frequently on Fight to Win. I'm curious to see like where they go from here. I'm again, I'm, the more we do this, the more I'm interested in like the league format of like where people are in the rankings of the league. Oh, new rankings full grappling out this week. I have not got a chance to parse through them yet, but they're always really good. So I'm curious to see uh, since March, because they haven't. there's not been a new one since March, what the rankings look like. Uh, let's see. Last updated. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, so just uh, yesterday. So again, I haven't got a chance to go through them. It'll take a long time to do it on the show. Um, but I'm, I'm taking um, a look. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super curious because I have not got a chance to look. So by the time this comes out, I'll have looked at it and I'll have, like, I will have next week a bunch of like matchups I want to see now. Like, I want to see this matchup again. It's been six months or it's been eight months or it's been two years. You know, I, I want to see it. So I got nothing else for Fight to Win. Uh, you have anything else? Any sort of closing thoughts as you as you parse through uh, the rankings now? Uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this. So, for example, um, one change at heavyweight is um kainan duarte is now number one he was previously unranked and Wait, basically when? everyone Why? else i don't well, did they know. take him off suspension maybe I have no idea I have uh, no oh he would be off suspension now yeah yeah oh yeah his suspension's done because we missed worlds this week because coronavirus sucks oh right 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 so it's been a year since his suspension i think it was july that's like, right it was retroactive yeah so and previously rafael lovato jr was unranked he is now ranked in the at gi or no gi? eight this is just uh uh gi in the gi okay so he's yeah. back yep so again i want to see you fight top 10 guys hulk is probably a top 10 guy in the gi it's a reasonable fight to make super yep. excited about it yeah so those are the two big changes uh at heavyweight Let's see. Um, Super heavyweight, no changes. Yeah, so it seems like really just the heavyweight got updated. Let me see. I'm not seeing any other. I'm not not sure. Again, I haven't got a chance to parse through to see if there's like major changes or not. Well, they they list previous. And, uh, oh, there's a little bit of movement at uh, middleweight. Um, Gabriel Almeida went up. Um, Jake Watson went down. Hudson Mateus went down as well. But yeah, so not, not like huge, uh, you know, tectonic shifts. Again, we haven't things. since March. There's been like not that many events because everything's been closed. So it makes sense that there's not been a ton of movement since then. Uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, nope. Oh, okay. sorry. That was medium heavyweight. Yeah. But anyway, that's cool. it. So let's move to the preview section. So moving to the preview section, we got a gang of previews lined up here. We got Fight to Win 144. We got Sug. 15? Yeah, 15. And Third Coast Grappling, Kumite 3. Uh, we're going to start with Emil. Let's start with 144. Fight to Win, yeah, it's on Friday. So Fight to Win 144 takes place in Dallas, Texas on June 19th, headlined by 205-pound black belt gi title, Rafael, Rafael Lovato Jr., almost did it again, versus Lucas the Hulk Barbosa. We're seeing That's Rafael take on goddamn huge. a world check, a current active top of the food chain gi dude yep at the weight like where where lovato would be at you know what do you think why do you think this goes uh i it's hard for me it's it's tough for me to call i do know that if hulk loses to lovato jr he's gonna be getting his ass whooped back to back by old men (laughs) oh i forgot about that man uh i'm not rafael's not not that old i think he's 36 or 38 i think he's 38 
I mean, in jujitsu and fight years, you know, that's that's that's, that's, that's a lot. Super old, but, but. Uh, no, I, it's hard to tell. I, like Hulk is fucking amazing. Like when Lucas posted, Lucas posted a video of him rolling with Izaki by hints that was intense, like a month ago, and it's like, oh, these top top level guys are training hard. It's like in a little like a garage basement thing with mats. It was like they were going at it in this little space, and I went, oh, these guys are training hard as shit still like yep. there's been no letting off the gas so this. i mean i think what i will say it's pretty i'm pretty confident that we'll be seeing Raphael play guard against hulk's passing like oh you know maybe maybe he could he could he could try to stand with him for a while but i don't know uh, yeah I, I feel like he's gonna play guard i feel like hulk's gonna be passing here again i kind of want to favor hulk in the gi yeah. We've seen again. Lovato has taken like some time off from the game. It's been almost three years before his last match versus Maidana. Um, yeah, like Hulk has just been more active, and it's like again, I I'm a huge Lovato fan. Like I like his game. I like Hulk's game too because it's like awesome to watch. Um, but I just I want to favor him in here because we have to make a pick because he's just been more active in the gi recently. Yep. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of where I want to point to. No, I agree. Uh, so it's one of those like. Either matchup, either would not surprise me in the slightest. Like Lovato, you know, walking up, passing positionally, getting to the top, getting out, X choke from out. Like, it wouldn't be crazy. Loop choke. I can see Lovato's pathway to victory. I can see Hulk's pathway to victory too. Just like, I mean, what, like, you say that you can see Raphael's. Like, how would you see Raphael winning that? The same way he always wins. Like, he, he does what he does. Like, he gets on top of you. He passes your guard. He takes that cross side to mount. He gets to mount. He you think maybe he's, he's going to do that to Hulk? I don't think he is, but I'm saying if he does. Like, if anyone can do it, if anyone can, like, come off from a couple years of not consistently competing in the gi and do it, like, I'm going to pick Hodger. I'm going to pick Lovato. I'm going to pick a guy like Cyborg. Like, the guys that can just throw it back on and still compete at that level. Like, I don't want to pick – I don't really want to pick against either of these guys because they're both so stupid good. And so, like, you don't win world titles and not have that something special there in it. Yep. I just so, – I think that's my pathway to victory for Lovato. I don't know if he can implement that versus Hulk. I think Hulk's going to be savvy to it. I think Hulk is much more explosive. And I'm curious to see how Lovato deals with the explosiveness of Hulk and his passing. Because I th- again, I do think that Hulk will be the passer here. Yeah. And but I'm again, I'm not I'm not certain because Lovato is such a position first guy. If he's going to be able to get to a place on Hulk where he can start like implementing submissions, or if Hulk's just going to be throwing stuff and rack up more submission. It's a really really compelling matchup. Like yeah. just like. From a game perspective, like it's, I don't see Hulk throwing up that many submission attempts. He doesn't, but he'll throw up a couple a match that are like flash subs, and in the fight to win rule sets, like that plays that plays much more than another rule. I know. I believe me, I understand the rule sets. I'm just saying, like you covered a hundred of my understanding. Hulk is not. I just he both of these guys to me are control first, and so it's it'll be real interesting to see how that plays out. But do you want to make a pick or no? Uh, I mean, I'm also picking Hulk. Um, so, um, cause he's just the man. Um, homemade event. Also some fire shit. Yep. 130 pound black belt, no gi title match. Uh, Natalie Hibero versus Talita Alencar. We haven't seen Talita in a little bit, but I'm excited for this matchup. Like Talita comes out of the gate 
guns blazing. Yeah. Uh, again, I think we're going to see her as the passer on top. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious. To, I think I feel like this is going to be a close decision match. I think Habero is going to like stop a lot of the guard passing there. Um, I don't feel like this will be contested too, too heavily on the feet, but we have seen Talita play like long stretches of her matches at Fight to Win and at Polaris on the feet. So again, it wouldn't surprise me to see this match, 10-minute match, be like six or eight minutes on the feet and then you have like a couple pieces here and there it's a really hard match to score yeah like that's kind that's kind of how i see this match going it's kind of how a, a lot of Toledo's matches go is she just pushes such a hard pace at the beginning and then tends to kind of ease off the gas towards the end of the match and it makes it really difficult to score yep so yeah absolutely um that's tough um next up we have 170 pound five-pound black belt gi match. Jonathan Gracie versus Edwin Najmi. Uh, damn, dude. We're going to see Jonathan's back-to-back days. Yeah. We're going to see him on third coast on the 20th and fight to win in Dallas the day before the 19th. Yeah, I, I think I have to pick Edwin on this one, though. Dude, Edwin's look good. Yep. Like, yeah. fight to win, he's looked good recently. If, who did he triangle? He triangled someone he recently. He just triangled the piss out of somebody. I can't remember who it was. A couple, I mean, it's, it's Najmi. It's like, if anyone is going to flying triangle you into oblivion, it's, it's going to be Najmi. But again, John just, again, on the come up, looks good. I just I just feel like, again, I hate picking against Najmi recently because he just... He's just trying to sub dudes. Yeah, and like we've seen Jonathan compete a lot in uh, Nogi recently. Yeah. Um, basically going all the way back into 2019. I think we probably don't know if we actually covered him in the Gi. I think we've only covered him Nogi. Uh, He's had a couple close matches to fight to win. Yeah, let's see. So he was, I'll uh, take that back. He was in at Euros. He was in Euros. Oh, he, he yeah, won, that was, yep. He won his division uh, at Euros in the Gi. My bad. That was some dumb so, shit I said. No, no, that's, I mean, that's my fault. I, I would completely ignore that for whatever reason. Um, But yeah, uh, Gi match. Yeah, I see Edwin controlling this, you know, and especially. He's just in the rule set, like he throws. Exactly. He th- Najmi will throw like f- three or four solid submission attempts a match. Flashy ones too. Yeah, you know, like, like high scoring. Ones like, that are like impossible to miss. You right, know? to not score. It's a guy who was a close to holder. It's like, or Najmi threw a flying triangle right. at the guy. Yep. And then the guy had to like pull out. It's like, yeah, was it close to submitting him? No, but it was like, it was a flying triangle that Edwin Najmi threw. Oh, Benson Henderson. Right. He just fought Benson. That's who it was. Yeah, so that that's a good match. Again, Jonathan has the skills to get it done. Like winning Euros, one of the toughest tournaments in the world in the Gi. No joke, but... Yeah. Najmi, Najmi got the slap. I, I'm taking Najmi on this one. 200-pound uh, black belt no-gi match. Andrew Wiltz versus Isaiah Wright. 200-pound black belt gi match. Uh, Brett Oteri versus Raphael Lang. 150-pound black belt gi match. Aaron Brooks versus Jordan Burton the third. Is Aaron only 150 pounds? Jeez, we've covered Aaron a bunch. He won... Um he won Subspectrum a while back. He has wins on Kasai. He has wins like we cover Aaron. Not in fact, he's another guy that I can see making turning a corner this year and start getting a lot of like main card slots just because he has a super aggressive game and he will hunt the legs hard and he finishes fast. Yeah, two hundred and twenty-five pound black belt nogi match. Joe Bays versus Don Westman. Another super like proficient lug locker. Bays. We use him. We cover him mostly on sug. Sometimes on fight to win. But again, another dude looking to invert. Go for the heel hooks. Two hundred thirty pound black belt gi match. Kenny Cross versus Stephen Hall. One hundred seventy-five pound black belt nogi match. Angel Lopez versus Bobby Emmons. I feel like we've covered these two guys so many times on fight to win. I feel like they've fought before on fight to win. 
I don't know why I think that, but they're usually featured on the, on the same cars on Fight to Win a lot. 150-pound black belt to key match. Uh, Felipe Matos versus Bruno Jacare Diaz. In the last match, 175 black belt gi match, uh, Kyle Quintero versus Renard Mutliab. Uh, we cover, we've, we not, I don't think we've covered Renard a ton. Uh, he's, I think we usually see him on the Korean events, if I, if I have that correct. So, again, super stack card, a lot of fun. Uh, Want to move right into uh, the Kumite? Yeah, let's do it. So the following day, yeah, there's we have events. We have event Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We have the Third Coast Grappling Kumite Two. Uh, this one is stacked. We have a bracket for this one. Thank you, Ryan, for that. I appreciate it a lot. It's awesome. Uh, first round matchup: Gustavo Batista, the winner of the Kumite One, versus Tanner Rice, Tanner the Ginger Rice. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely picking Batista in that. Match. Oh, are you gonna go with a favorite that won the last event that knows the rule set well and plays it well? Yes, yes, absolutely. Again, Tanner, Tanner's good. We see him a lot, but dude, Gustavo. Yeah, dude, like two weeks. Like, was it, when was the last one? A couple weeks ago. He looked unwor- like otherworldly. Yeah. I'm not, I can't I can't pick against him. Yep. Uh next up we have Jake Watson versus Felipe Andrew. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot of the same guys like Did these guys know. fight a fight to win like a couple mm. weeks ago? No, no, no. Watson fought someone else. Um this is a fun one. We just saw Watson this week. I think this is in the gi. So Yeah. Makes you kind of wonder. Um I kind of want to favor Andrew here. Yep. Again, Watson has the tools to get done. We saw we've seen Watson upset a lot of guys recently. Like his upset over Rolando was really good. If he if he implements his gi game how he could here, um, like this could be a really tough match for Andrew. But I just feel like Andrew's style lends itself towards like lends itself towards scoring and like staying up on points. Right. So that's that's the first that's the uh, side A of the bracket. Side B of the bracket, we got your boy Victor Hugo versus Ricardo Evangelista. Uh, I'm not picking against Hugo. Yeah, no. Not, after after like after the flash subs of recent with him and like the knee bar win over Cyborg and yeah, this he's, weekend, he's like on fire for sure. Not not, not picking against, not uh, picking against him. And is that which Gracie is that? Jonathan. That's Jonathan as well. I, oh, ho- yeah, I yeah, hope. Yeah. I hope it's it is. It. <laughs> I'm not just like wrecking. Does he have the neck tattoo? I can't tell. I think, yeah, it's Jonathan's Grace. It's got to be Jonathan's Grace. They just have the last names on here. So yeah. when you have Gracie, it's, you know, maybe a little ambiguous which one you're talking about exactly. <laughs> which, which Gracie? Uh, yeah. And then he's going up against uh, Pedro Mourinho. Jesus. Right? Yeah. Right? The gra- the bra- This Kumite is fucking awesome. Yeah. It's just like, what do you, where do you go? Like, who do you, who do you pick? So I'm, again, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Mourinho here because. Uh, he's on fire. Like again, guys on streaks. I hate betting against well, I mean, guys on he, streaks. I, he he has a, a streak of one. Yeah, he, he won Jitsking. Yeah, he, and he, he got armbarred the week before by Roberto Jimenez. All right, streak of one. Yeah, three matches in a row, and yep. you beat the guy that armbarred you. Yep. Like in Nogi. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we're gonna get Hugo. We're gonna get Hugo and Mourinho side on the first side of bracket B. That's gonna be. F- Hot, hot fire. I'm super. That's like, that's one of the matches I'm most excited about. Yep. Um, I think potentially we can get Andrew and Batista. Yeah, Felipe Andrew um, versus. Again, I can't, you can't pick against yeah. Batista. So I think we may get. So, okay. You got Batista, you got Hugo, you got Mourinho as like your top seed. 
that you're potentially going to see in the finals match. Yeah. Again, I, I really have a hard time picking like Hugo versus Mourinho. I kind of want to go Hugo. I feel like I've seen more of Hugo's matches against uh, against like a higher caliber of guy consistently. So it's like by the numbers again, it's hard to pick against the like the competitive top level black belt. Again, Mourinho's looked phenomenal, but I just feel like in the point setting, like Mourinho really really favors is like getting your yeah, neck and choking I, I would, life I would you. feel comfortable you know picking Hugo to, to win that so you probably got Hugo versus Batista I'm picking Batista really yeah I, yeah. I, I want to say really like super hard and then like now in my head um, I'm going I don't dude when you have won a world championship like that's yeah. you're the shit you know what I'm saying like you're the shit and he's very 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 good I mean, right. everyone in this bracket is really good that's why it's i've kind of made my picks flagrantly because i've been looking at the bracket for like two weeks right and like thinking about like maybe this is gonna happen maybe this is gonna happen again these are i love getting brackets in advance where it's not like week off here's a bracket like i love that like third coast guys like, release the brackets early so i can think about it and like make a case in my head high level names that batista has taken out is like it's huge so number of high level guys that hugo has submitted is big not really. I mean, like, yeah, he, okay, so he has, I mean, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit here to, like, justify yeah, my like, just, choice of just, Hugo like, in my head. Just think about it. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, you're following by, you're a narrative. By, you're by the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Again, this is a really tough one. Um, Batista, yeah. Batista, by the numbers, I think it, it's, you can't pick against Batista, but I feel like Hugo has a real shot, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Hugo hit, like, a flash sub just because... He's done it. I mean, when Hugo wins, routinely it's by flash sub. I yeah, feel like but Batista. Like, there's, is, it's different when you're trying to punch up. When you're trying to punch up, like you go into defense mode a little bit, and like we've seen, yeah. we've seen that happen to Hugo. Like, yeah, we have seen him get shut down here and there. Yeah, yeah, man, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard I want to pick, pick Hugo, but, but I think by the numbers, you're right, Emil. With the, I'm just uh, that's the, that's just what I'm, I mean. Yeah, I think by the numbers, it's it's really hard to pick against Batista here. But again, there's always upsets in these brackets. There's always like exactly. crazy wild stuff that happens. And so. part of the reason why these b- brackets are so awesome is that like, yeah, these fighters are really unpredictable and exciting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like the, like third a bunch guys, of these like, guys are picked, so hungry. They yeah. picked good guys to go against. Like none of these guys are sit, wait, play the points games. They're all like, I'm looking to do good jujitsu yeah. and like incredible cool. jujitsu. I man. feel like, like we're not going to see a tech fall here. Yeah, it would be. I don't think we are no. either. I agree. I don't think anyone like if anyone if, gets if anyone does, it's Batista versus Tanner Rice. But I feel like Rice can play a really good positionally defensive game to prevent the scoring. Is the only thing. But again, if you're if you're going to see it, I feel like Batista has the tools to get it done. Yeah, here. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of these crazy guys are bracket, super, though. super, super right? entertaining. So. so I'm excited about that. Third Coast Grappling also has a bunch of other great matches on that card as well. Usually, like between rounds, they have super fights. Um, we have a match between. Oh, I've lost my place in my notes. Uh, between um, Zach Edwards and Justin Rennick. We just saw Justin Rennick versus uh, William Tackett on Fight to Win for the Brown Belt title, and we've covered Zach Edwards a bunch on Fight to Win on on. Um, SIGC on a bunch of other events. That's actually a really well matched uh, matchup. I'm super excited. Mona Bailey's on the card. Um, super, looks like a super super fun card. They always are. I'm excited for it. Anything else? Any closing thoughts? Mm-mm. All right. That's also on Flow on the 20th. So uh, on Fight Pass, we have Submission Underground 15. 15. Man, that the the Roman numerals throw me off 
every single so time. So this is happening Sunday, June 21st at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard. Nice early card. Thank you, Sug, for that one. And this is a fucking amazing bracket, too. Like, this is... This is a weekend of amazing jujitsu. This is a weekend of like crazy. It's like we're back to normal. Like there's so crazy shit every weekend. This is an eight man bracket uh, for ten thousand dollars. Yep, and a shot at Craig Jones. Yep, this Which, is the ten k. Who's gonna fight Craig Jones bracket? Yep, and uh, yeah, off the bat we have uh, Cody Steele uh, versus uh, Varela. I'm Andy Varela. Andy Varela. Yeah, yeah, Andy Varela. I'm, I'm less familiar with him. I can be cover Steele every weekend at this point. Yep, um, we know Steele's game really well. Top. Nice wrestling. Again, so let's talk about SUG. SUG is not a points game. Right. SUG is EBI rules, and I think they're doing the same thing. They're doing the five minutes, then the overtime. So it's a short round. So a lot of these guys, again, how I think most of these matches would go in a point setting, in the EBI setting, in the SUG rule set, may look very, very different because you have guys that could potentially not get submitted in regulation that are really good on the back, really good with the arm, you know, can punch up significantly in this kind of bracket. And it really throws an X factor in. Yep. So again, I want to pick Steel here, but EBI rules. Again, I know Steel on all attack of bros train the EBI rule set really frequently. So I think that they're probably have. We also see a lot of rear naked chokes from those guys. Um, I'm picking him here, but EBI is a monkey wrench. Yep. Uh, next up, we have Mason Fowler versus Warren Brooks. Mason Fowler having the uh, ridiculously entertaining um, ADCC versus run. Craig Jones. Yep, versus Craig Jones. Um, damn near fucking won that match too. Mm-hmm. And there's an argument for him getting some points there that he didn't get awarded. Yep. Again, he gets submitted off the mat by Craig, and I was like, Matt side for that, and it was fucking dope. Yeah, um, but he was he was up. Yeah, he, he was, was in there. He was winning. Like, he was in contention. Like that's honestly and Mason, re- a rematch that I want to see. Mason got to ADCC by winning trials, so yes. he's a motherfucker. He's top level. Yeah. So again, I think that I think that Fowler takes that, and we uh, see yeah, in the I first agree. side of the bracket there, we see Steele versus Fowler. Yeah, and a, I, I, I'm picking Fowler on this. But remember, Steele just took out Alec Balding at the last. At, fi- at who's number one. Like, he already beat an East Coast Trials winner. Can he beat the West Coast Trials yeah, but, winner? you know, nothing against Alec Balding, but, like, Fowler made a statement with how he performed yeah. at ADCC, you yeah. know? And Both guys are top level, but Fowler, like, his performance at ADCC showed that, like, he is he is one of the standout trials. He can winners. actually get up on Craig Jones. Yeah, like, that was and that was really impressive. And and that's where we we had to see Craig and playing passing. We had to see like other depths in Craig's game. We don't see as much, and he was forced to go to because Fowler put him there. I think, exactly. I think that's I think this is a really exciting match. I feel like it's going to be a lot of wrestling with the cage involved. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how either guy's cage wrestling is, and I feel like it will be a factor in here because I know Mason Steel's is stand. a fucking brawler, dude. He's yeah. a he is a high intensity guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm I definitely would. Cody Steele, a combat jiu-jitsu champion. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm just saying, like both guys can scrap. I'm curious to see how much the cage wrestling because I feel like we're going to see cage wrestling because both guys will wrestle. Right. So again, I, I'm kind of picking leaning towards Fowler just because uh, who he was has Fowler's a first match against an ADCC? Was it was it BB Monstro? Might have been. I think it was BB Monstro, and I think that was a ridiculously fire match as well. I think and, so. Yeah. I don't. I'm kind of. Off, I kind of want to want to speak out of turn here. But I think Monstro yeah. was 88. I think Fowler. I know Fowler was 88 because I remember the match with Craig, and that was at under 88 kilograms for ADCC, um, and it was uh, fire. And if you have not watched it, and you're not if you're not familiar with Fowler, like go back and watch that match in particular, and it kind of speaks to 
what Fowler can do as a grappler and like where he can go, you know, he was at, at one point that basically up on Craig Jones. And that's, you know, not a whole lot of guys can do that and put Craig in danger like that. So yeah, yep. that, that speaks to how good Fowler is. Yeah. Absolutely. You pull it up or no? Um, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up right now. Uh, Valdir. I'm, I can never spell Valdir's last name. Yeah. Like BB Monstro. Thank you for an easy nickname that Valdir Arujo. Cause I don't know if like you roll the R or how exactly you yep, pronounce yep. the last name. Let's see. Uh, so. Mio M- M- finds the bracket. A- yeah. Mason Fowler. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I remember match. that correctly. Yeah, first so match. Took out BB in the first match of 80. And that was a scrambly ass wrestling uh, yeah. style match. So yeah, I, I, I'm picking I'm picking Fowler here okay. for sure. So we have Fowler taking the A side of the bracket then. So on the B side of the bracket, Roberto we have a really Jimenez matchup. Yep. Roberto Jimenez. Again, we're seeing a lot of the same guys over and mm-hmm. over again. Um versus Nathan Orchard. See uh, Nathan Orchard do well. It's like again, Nathan Orchard is the guy that is the X factor here because he's so familiar with the EBI rule set. He's a tenth planet guy. We've seen him I mean we saw him beat AJ Agazar. At Sug. Like, he played defensive. He got to the regulation. That was even a longer regulation match. And then he finishes Aga's arm by rear naked choke in in um, in overtime. And I couldn't use the audio because Josh yelled so much. Because <laughs> we actually did it live. We, we were doing the show and we paused. We actually kept recording the show while it was happening live. And then I couldn't use any of the audio. That was EBI. That was, um, that was Sug 6, I think. So, again, I feel like this, this is an interesting match for a couple reasons. Because it's Nogi. And we just saw Jimenez kind of leave his legs out a little bit this last weekend. Yeah. And Orchard is looking for one thing. Yep. He's looking for the dead Orchard. He's also looking for the heel hooks. Yep. And I'm curious to see how Jimenez, because again, Jimenez, I think, can definitely outscore Orchard. I don't think Nathan can dead Orchard. Roberto I don't. Is. I don't think. I don't yeah. think he can either. I think Jimenez stays on top. Maybe gets to the back, but I think this one probably goes to overtime. You were. You had a different thought about this match. Yeah. So I mean, what we've seen is Jimenez when he subs, he subs quick. Um, yeah. It's last. Not, I mean, last last sub. It was 20, 15 seconds, something like that. This weekend, just it in was general, like, twenty seconds. Yeah. He he is not a uh established control position type submission hunter he is a flash submission hunter and yeah. so and he and he gets them a lot i'd say yeah he, i want to rise my pick here i think he i think he subs in regulation yeah. i think triangle or armbar or something I will say, like that if it goes out of regulation then i think it it tilts towards nathan just because yeah he's so familiar yeah Yep. Yeah, he can know. He knows how to ride. He knows how to ride the position so, well. You know, given that, I would I would say that that's probably Nathan's strategy. Um, yeah. So he's. I would be surprised if he wasn't playing really defensive. He's gonna sit. He's gonna elbows real nice and tight in. Yeah. I think you're gonna force Jimenez to have to jump over. Yep. Or she's gonna go for the legs. I think it goes regulation. If maybe Jimenez can counter and go to the back here. Yeah. But I feel like yeah, if Jimenez can't sub early. Um, yeah, goes goes over goes regulation goes. Yeah, but then as, as you you brought up a really good point, which is that uh, Jimenez was leaving his legs out a lot, and against someone like Nathan Orchard, that is a liability. Yeah, um, he's excellent at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely see that as a pathway to victory. So very compelling matchup, uh, hard to pick. Um, next up, we have Nathan- uh, Adam Adam Bradley versus Hunter Colvin. Yep, this is a re. I'm I'm actually really excited about this. this. Is of the matches on this, this is the one that I have, like. I have no idea how this is going to go because mm. Nathan Bradley, we covered him a while back on Subspectrum, I think, where he hit that like 
we call it's called a scorpion deathlock where he basically sat from reverse case like and hit like a um a mirror lock like a reverse americana from like his back look at on the gap remind you it's called scorpion deathlock there's a highlight and it's adam bradley scorpion deathlock i remember it happening because i remember the name but I, I can't remember the match it's it's a crazy crazy finishing sequence it's like it's a reverse americana where he basically steps over and then finishes it like this from like where you like both laying flat on their back mm. uh, it's an absurd absurd finishing sequence and uh, he's had some really good matches we've covered him other times on the show but that's the one if you listen to the grappling rewind that you've heard us talk about him before on the show hunter colvin again looked really good we saw him uh who's number one uh last weekend Look, look good from all phases of the fight. I'm really, I'm really, really curious about this one. Again, both guys can fight in all phases of the fight. Uh, this is definitely both guys going to push the pace. I have no idea who's going to take this one again. Yep. So it's like I kind of want to lean in Colvin because I've seen more from him recently, and he looked so good at who's number one. Um, but again, we've seen like spectacular stuff from Bradley in the past too. Yep. Yeah, uh, I. It's hard for me to pick. I so I, I think I think Jimenez, I think Jimenez takes that side of the bracket. I can see honestly all four guys on that side of the bracket having a pathway to victory in this format. Again, being such a short regulation time, yep. it goes to the overtime, and then all guys are really all guys on that side of the bracket are super good. Yep. And so it's hard to pick against it. It's hard to like pick and five minutes can one sub the other. Um, so you get Mason Fowler versus I'm gonna go Jimenez. I think, and I think, I think it probably goes overtime, and I feel like that Fowler gets it done. I think in Nogi, I think, yeah, yeah. Fowler's. I want to, I want to favor Fowler and Nogi again. So we're gonna see, hopefully, not hopefully, um, super exciting bracket. Yep. I think we'll see Fowler take Dude, the 10K and then fight Craig Jones again. Suggs, Suggs matchmaking has gotten excellent. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, this is a this is a very impressive bracket. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's top top loaded with great grapplers that put on exciting matches. It's mm-hmm. a good format. I have five minutes is gangster too. That's yep. those are short matches. So it's my jam, dude. Yeah, I think we'll get they do the five and six minute matches. Like, yep. I, I love them because the guys like cool. I have five six minutes of gas. I can run at this pace. Right. So yeah, that's that's my pick. Um, I'm way less confident in this bracket than I have been in the past couple weeks for brackets. Um, but yeah, it's good. That means it's a good bracket. Yeah. So. So you got anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Sweet, I got nothing else. Uh, any plans? Any good plans for the week? No, it's been it's a pretty chill week, so I can't complain. I, Just getting finally back into yoga again because I nice pinched my nerves. So, uh, um, but that that's sucks. that's mostly gone. So I'm gonna get new running shoes because my friend, who is a medical doctor guy, said, uh, "Hey, you should get new running shoes if you're running like as much as you're running, and you haven't gotten new shoes in four years." It's probably why your leg is all sore because you don't have good shoes. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. So that's on my docket for the week of like prioritize recovery and then keep like slowly increasing the the running distance so that I can get back in crazy shape so that once everything in the world uh, calms down and gets less Corona-y, which it's getting very Corona-y right now. Yeah, especially, I mean, like looking at Texas and stuff, like stay safe, you know, be, be safe when training. Um, yeah, cause we're, we're definitely not through this stuff yet. Nope. Moving into phase two, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. might not be seeing you for a little bit of meal. Depends on, we'll, we'll figure it out, but, um, 
Yeah, the show is at least the audio is better on the show, which I'm super happy about. Yeah, it makes, produ- makes Maine's life oh a whole God. lot easier. It literally cuts doing us doing the show in person probably cuts three and a half hours of editing out of my week. Yep, it is. So I I I appreciate that you know that we can do it for now until you know we make a judgment call and figure out what's the best approach for us. You mm-hmm. should do the same for you. Yep. Uh, enjoy some and, dope ass grappling this weekend. Yep, exactly. Um, there's a whole bunch coming up. So, dude, we're back. I'm super happy about it. These, I hope that like we keep getting absolute fire cards like we have been. Yeah. Like there's not been an off week where it's like, oh, there's so much jujitsu, but it's all so good. So I think like next week's show is going to be a long one. So uh, strap in for it. Uh, any closing thoughts? Anything else? Mm-mm. All right. So as always in the show, I'm your host, Mange. I'm the co-host. Emil. We are the Grappling Rewind. We'll see you on the mats. Whenever that is, stay safe. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.